Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So what's really going on behind the scenes in a lot of these hospitals? I mean, you listen to the media, especially CNN and MSNBC, the hysteria merchants, the panic merchants over there, and you think we're in a full-blown meltdown in the United States. Well, got some interesting information from a reporter. Got an email from a doctor behind the scenes about what's really going on with that, the coronavirus fight in Texas. But it's indicative of a larger fight around the country. Got that. The CEO of Goya, huge mistake, huge mistake. He went to the White House and expressed support for business and all that stuff. Speaking to President Trump, huge, catastrophic era. Of course, I'm being sarcastic. Got that. And some explosive audio of uh, potentially of Joe Biden. I have to feel the need to put this out there. Today's show brought to you by friends at ExpressVPN. My savvy listeners protect their online data and they get a VPN. They use ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, it's sir. It's Friday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Huh, it is. Cans off. Thank the Lord. And I am not. I wouldn't dare use this name in vain. I mean it. For days off yes. and for the opportunity to work in a job in a society that allows people to take weekends Thank off. It's you, terrific. Father. All right, I've got a lot to get to today. These emails from this doctor are very telling, so don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Today's show brought to you by friends at Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep makes personalized mattresses right here in America, shipped straight to your door with free, no-contact delivery, free returns, and a 100-night sleep trial. I have two Helix Sleep mattresses, one for us, one for our daughter. It's like sleeping on a cloud. The best mattress out there. The best. Why? Because they may have a quiz, a sleep quiz. It customizes the mattress for you. It matches you to your body type and sleep preferences. If you like a mattress that's soft or firm, you sleep on your side like me, your back or your stomach, or you sleep really hot. You're always sweating. You get the meat sweats at night. Get a Helix sleep mat. Cool you right down. There's a specific mattress for each and everybody's unique taste. I love mine. No joke. The best. Took the quiz. I was matched with the Midnight Lux Helix mattress because I sleep on my side. I got arthritis and stuff. I've tried other brands. Listen, they're just not as good. I love Helix, but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ, Wired Magazine, and Apartment Therapy. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. That's it. And it'll match you to a customized mattress giving you the best sleep of your life. Stop wasting your time on another mattress. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 of all mattress orders for our listeners. Go to helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan. Get $200 off your mattress order. Go today, helixsleep.com slash Dan. You won't regret it. All right, Joe, let's go. Here we go. All right. The bell is working. We don't need Joe's audio bell. So let's get right to this COVID story because it's fascinating. For those of you who haven't been following on social media, Alex Berenson, uh, he's pretty terrific. You may have seen him on Fox. Paula knows him as the guy with the really wild hair. He recommended to me, uh, she recommended to me last night that I suggest that he get a haircut. I don't do that. I don't have good hair. That's why I shave it. So good for you, Alex. But Alex is a, a reporter, an actual reporter, does facts. And what I like about his reporting about the uh, coronavirus is he has no political agenda. I've seen him on TV challenge conservative hosts who I believe he thinks are saying things that may be political. I've seen him on TV challenge liberal hosts, and he really sticks to the facts, which I appreciate. I don't have a political agenda with coronavirus. I've been very clear, despite people trying to impart a political agenda on me. That's disingenuous. 
We know what it does now. We have a pretty decent idea who it affects, where it's fatal, where it's less fatal, where it's very low risk. And we have a decent idea, not a full scope uh, projection, but a decent idea of how this virus spreads. But the hysteria amongst the panic merchants in the media who, when they found a political advantage in covering the protests and ignoring coronavirus, covered it 24 hours a day. Now they're back to panic merchant hysteria because CNN and MSNBC think by dramatizing how and making it geometrically worse than it is, is bad, but making it appear 10 times worse than it actually is. So question, it's a pandemic. We need to deal with it, though that they will somehow damage President Trump. Berenson got these emails I uh, took off his social media feed, and they're pretty good. It describes a situation in Texas where we've been told by panic merchants here who sell panic and hysteria. Panic is never good, by the way. Thank you, Scott Atlas, for saying that on Fox the other day. But media, the media people love panic because it clicks and money. They're telling us, Texas is being overwhelmed. It's being overrun. The hospitals have no space. Forget it. Well, if that was the case, well, why is that happening? Let's go to this email Berenson received from an actual doctor in Texas. It's long, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to hit on some of the certain high points here. And it's this is from his. It's not a screenshot of my phone. It's from Berenson's, just so you know. He says, listen, overall, it's true that hospital admissions due to COVID are up. Okay, good. Facts, Joe. Here we have facts. So now we know, forget the media, let's get to the facts. So a doctor in Texas is telling us that, yes, hospital admissions are COVID up. Okay, we can help that. We can do something there that's good to know. But he says, the patients are mostly quite old and have other significant comorbidities. Again, doesn't make it any less tragic, just the facts. Now we know they're older patients, patients who have other illnesses. He says, quote, there are plenty of beds. The ICUs are not overrun, but but are at near capacity. Again, good to know. Part of the problem, here's where we get to, again, facts, so we don't make the same mistakes again. So he's saying they're not overrun, the hospitals. There is an elevation in cases in the hospital due to COVID. These are facts. But here's what led to the hospitalizations and the lack of beds. What we'd call, Joe, facts and information. This is actually useful. Mm -hmm. He says part of the problem was the shutdown early on, which delayed medical care for many. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, he goes on to explain when they canceled elective procedures. I'm going to come back to me for a minute. We'll come back because I don't want to keep uh, I'm going to keep that on the screen the whole time. So I, I, we got to learn a lot of these TV tricks. Sometimes you got to come back to change up the image. So just to be clear, the elective procedures. She's mad at me now. I'm not She's like, I'm the director of the set, Paul. It's like, don't tell me how to do my job. I'll do it. <laughs> we'll go back to that in a second for those of you who are reading. The elective procedures were delayed or canceled. If you had whatever plastic surgery, a LASIK procedure, something that wasn't an emergency. Those were canceled. Joe, they weren't canceled permanently. People still needed LASIK. Some people had whatever, plastic surgery and orthopedic surgery. It wasn't an emergency, but they needed it done. They are now bottlenecked, meaning all of those procedures from earlier in the year that were canceled are now coming into the hospital now. Why are these facts useful, absent the media panic hysteria? Because, ladies and gentlemen, there may be a lesson there if you're interested in facts, which I know my listeners and viewers are. The facts now are that the lockdowns caused an elective procedure bottleneck, which is now clogging up our hospitals, limiting bed space. Meaning, how how would a reasonable person, again, reasonable, we're not talking to the CNN audience here, we're talking to sane people, 
How would a reasonable person interpret that? They would say, well, maybe that wasn't a good idea, right? Maybe we should not do that in the future, ban elective procedures for a certain time period, knowing those elective procedures are going to eventually make their way into a hospital in a tidal wave. I'm just asking questions. Are we not not allowed to do that? So maybe the elective procedures ban is something we don't want to replicate. Just making that suggestion. Again, facts and information so we can draw conclusions. Not to mention the elective procedures ban that happened across the United States in many places also caused a financial strain on hospitals who, shocker Joe, made money, you know, money which keeps the hospital, the doctor, the administrative staff, even the janitor and the building open, keeps them all paid. You know, that money thing, capital, you know. Federal Reserve. Got that? Okay, Joe's got that. He's got, he's got a full <laughs> grasp of the whole money thing, how that works. Yeah, those elective procedures actually keep the hospitals functioning, which I would think, again, if I was a reasonable person, would be a good idea. So double benefit. You don't create a bottleneck. Double benefit of keeping these hospitals open for electives. You don't create a bottleneck, number one. Later on, a flood of patients who come in to get their procedures done. And secondly, you actually keep the hospitals open to treat people. Joe, Maybe a good idea. It's a good, yeah, that's the a deuce. good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think so? Thank you. Joe agrees. That's, that's good no to know. Problem, Can we go back to that email again? Uh, Miss Paul, thank you very much. Call her Miss Paula like I worked for her or something. Miss Paul. She likes that. All right. So he says, once the restriction on elective procedures was lifted, no shocker here, folks, many patients scheduled those procedures and are now hospitalized. Quote from the doc. This is from a Texas doctor. Again, his email to Alex Berenson. The other thing is that people were not really going into the doctor or the hospital because of fear of COVID, and now they are sicker from other causes that don't get treated. Again, folks, when you create panic and hysteria, what did I tell you from the start? There are very simple operating principles. Sane people, again, not the CNN audience. I'm not ta- There's nothing I can do for you. You watch CNN. That says enough about your mental state. I'm talking to sane people here. When you create, can we, can we just agree this was a very serious disease and still is? If you are an older, an older American, older anywhere around the world, or you have significant comorbidities, diabetes, lung problems, this is deadly serious, literally. For others, younger folks, 30s, 40s, kids, it is extremely low. It's not zero risk. It's very low risk. Can we all agree on that based on facts? I'm just asking again. Are we doing facts anymore? Can we all agree secondly and most importantly, like Scott Atlas, the doctor from the Hoover Institute who's on Fox a lot said the other day, that panic helps no one. I I can't emphasize this enough. When my prior line of work in the Secret Service, you're probably tired of hearing about it, but it matters in this case. We used to call people who panic bed. It rhymes with quitters. The word's not quitters. It just rhymes with quitters. In other words, they quit the bed. It was meant to be an insult. It was meant to be such an insult that you would learn to never be a bed quitter again if you panicked on a Secret Service operation. We hated panickers because panic, Joe, you know this, right? Oh, yes. Paul, you know, panic is contagious. Yes, it is. It is. If you've ever been in a situation... I, it doesn't, I, I don't need to over-dramatize my job. 
Joe's been on live radio. When something goes mm-hmm. down in live radio, Joe, you, mm-hmm. if you panic, it's all done. Am I? I'm, I'm not yeah, crazy, you right? You really got to keep your wits. You have about to just it. like, yeah. yeah, keep your wits. Put your horse blinders on and yes. solve the damn problem because you're on live radio. That's right. There's no room for error. Nope. Paula worked in uh, internet and database development for gosh, 15 years. When websites go down and you panic, then they don't go back up. And the panic creates a really bad situation for you. Remember the night I was running for office, Paula, the website went down? It was only the night before the election. I'll be honest with you. I probably panicked a little bit. (laughs) Paula kept her head, called the web server guy. We were up, I think, in an hour again. Listen, I'm I'm not above it myself. This is not a show where I pretend to be the, you know, take the faux moral high ground. I have made these mistakes myself. Panic kills. What does that have to do with what I just told you? The panic merchants at CNN and MSNBC, eager to, infections are through, we're all going to die, are now keeping people from going to hospitals who are panicked about COVID, who are now back in hospitals because they're sicker because they didn't go to the hospital in the first place. So you have two problems creating packed hospitals, but not overrun hospitals. Facts matter. Number one, a bottleneck of elective procedures from the disastrous lockdowns where elective procedures were banned. And secondly, you have patients who didn't go to the hospital because of the panic induced by the media who were terrified they would die, who now may die because by not going to the hospital, they didn't treat their conditions and they're now sicker. We're only doing facts here, folks. If they bother you, I highly recommend you find a different show. I'm not kidding. I'm not going to. I just refuse to get into this panic merchant stuff. There's another point here about why a lot of elderly in the in the email, just to be clear again, reset the conversation. Reporter Alex Berenson is getting this email from a Texas doctor on the ground. Berenson has been spot on from this uh, recovering the coronavirus from day one because he's getting sources on the ground telling him what's really going on. Here's the second part of the email. This is about why a lot of elderly folks are dying when they shouldn't from coronavirus. He brings up a couple of points. He says, number one, these patients can't have visitors or advocates. This makes it difficult for a number of reasons. So you're not allowed to have anyone with you in the hospital if you're elderly. He says, number one, elder, this is his email, not mine, just to be clear. The doctor, the Texas doctor, elderly sick patients don't make very good decisions, he said. They rely on family caregivers and advocates to help them make these decisions. He says there's too many times in the hospital that the patient didn't understand the treatment recommendations and just impulsively says, leave me alone. I don't want all that. The doctor then has to chase down family members because they're not in the hospital by phone, can't reach them. And he said in one case, it added three days to the patient getting treatment. He ultimately died. Tragically. Number two, he says elderly patients easily become delirious in the hospital. Typically, the healthcare team depends on family members to keep the patients calm. Now they're giving lots and lots of, quote, chemical restraints for this since the patient is alone, confused, and not able to be managed by family members. Again, folks, these are facts, tragic, but helpful. That the disastrous decision to keep elderly patients away from loved ones in the mistaken belief that you may be helping them, if they're already infected, how are you helping them? 
The only danger of transmission is from the elderly person to the loved one, where if you take precautionary measures, face mask, gloves, maybe a face shield, you can probably mitigate a lot of that risk. Now, by banning that altogether and having no loved ones around, one, these patients die alone. They become delirious, some of them. They're giving them chemical drugs to calm them. And then they're delaying treatment because they got to track the family member down by phone when the elderly patient can't make the decision. Again, folks, facts. Facts you won't hear on the media or in the media because they want you to panic 24 hours a day. And they love these economic lockdowns. They think they're terrific because they foster a political, not a healthcare narrative that they can use to bludgeon President Trump politically into doom. It's so beyond disgusting. It really is. It's so grotesque. All right, I got a lot to cover, so I'm, I'm going to move on. But I want to play this video quick, too, showing you what total disgraceful, disgusting hacks these people are. Um, is there a worse politician in America in modern times than uh, Bill DeBalzio? No. Um, I don't think so. DeBalzio is just a, a disgrace to humankind. I know what his name is. I get Who's DeBalzio? You know DeBalzio, the communist mayor of New York. If there is a more disgraced politician in the cosmos, um, I, I don't. I don't know. I haven't come across that person yet. So DeBalzio, who's the mayor while the uh, coronavirus is raging in New York City and uh, the mayor, while the uh, murder rate, burglary rate and otherwise are going up dramatically as the city's rapidly descending into snake plisk and escape from New York territory. DeBalzio thought it'd be a good idea to waste city money uh, painting a Black Lives Matter uh, slogan in front of Trump Tower on Fifth Avenue. Which, by the way, I got a call from someone who works there yesterday. I'm not going to say who because liberals will probably uh, chase them down and burn their building down if I say who it is. But I got a call yesterday from that person saying that the locals are absolutely furious that this happened. The locals, by the way, not Trump. The locals, who were all pretty much libs, are not happy. You decide, he decided to paint their street. So DeBalzio was on CNN with Wolf Blitzer and was asked about the coronavirus. So this failed mayor who can't control his city, can't control crime, can't do anything, matter of fact, can barely get a sentence out without sounding like a moron. He was on with Wolf Blitzer on CNN, DeBalzio, and he was asked about the uh, what, what the coronavirus spike and what he's going to do. So DeBalzio has an interesting set of criteria. He's going to shut down public events, but but not these public events. Listen to this cut. We'll talk about it on the other side outdoor concerts and it means things like parades you know things that here in the city can mean not just thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people it's just not time for that now what about protests if people want to march down fifth avenue are they going to be allowed to do so look wolf this is always an area of real sensitivity if you're just talking about health we would always say hey folks you know stay home if you can but we understand at this moment in history people are talking about the need for historic changes i mean today in New York City, you know, recognizing the power and the meaning of the message Black Lives Matter, which we did in front of Trump Tower today. Uh, this is a historic moment of change. We have to respect that, but also say to people, the, the kinds of gatherings we're used to, the, the parades, the fairs, we just can't have that while we're focusing on health right now. What about the U.S. Open? Uh, I'm curious. Uh, I, I love going to the U.S. Open. I love tennis. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> I don't know if you know where I'm going to go with this. You may not. Do you know where I'm going to go with this, Paula? Joe, do you have any idea no, why I'm, I'm laughing? laughing at you. I'm, it's not a fun. <laughs> You're laughing at you. have no idea. Okay. You don't nope. know either. 
Wolf's response there. And let me just say, let me put it out. There. I don't agree with Wolf's politics. I want to be crystal clear. But Wolf was always very nice to me when I was over doing work at CNN. He was, I, I just, again, I don't, if I can make something, take an edge off something, mm-hmm. I will. If I need to add an edge, I will. <laughs> but Wolf's question is, is this not like first world problems here? I did this yesterday. Is Wolf's concerned about the U.S. Open? <laughs> I were, Me and Paula worked at the U.S. Open. I love the U.S. Open. <laughs> love it. Love it. The best, I'm not messing with you. The best job I ever had. I worked there for like five years. Paula cut onions there forever. Working for what? RA, Restaurant Associates. I did crowd control. I never, never ran it. I probably crossed paths with her a thousand times. I, she must have had a hat on because if I would have seen her, I definitely would have pulled Mac Daddy moves on her. A hundred percent. So I never ran into her. Never. I wish I had. The Mac Daddy moves would have been in full effect because I really thought my... Mm, I thought I was like the big kahuna back then. I had an <laughs> ego the size of West Texas. I would have definitely macked out on Paula. But I did it. We worked it. The U.S. Open's a great job. But it's a tennis tournament. That's your question yeah. about a tennis tournament? That's your question about tennis? He's like, hey, man, I, you know, I, really, I, I, should, I really, Wolf was always very nice. Uh, Mayor DeBalzio, what about the U.S. Open? I got box seats this year. I was hoping Pete Sampras would come out of retirement. <laughs> that's your question? That's your question, the U.S. Open? I love the U.S. Open. We Remember, Paul, we were going to go this year? Uh, I was going to go. I love. You may be like, I love tennis. You'd be like, tennis? I thought you liked like UFC. I love you. I love tennis. I grew up with it. My aunt worked there. I loved it. It's all, There's nothing like tennis. 40, love. There's nothing like it. I know I have to turn in my man card after the show. It's okay. I love tennis. Those guys are super athletes. I wanted to go. But he asked about the U.S. Open. You had one shot to ask a question. You ask about the U.S. Open, which is like the most elitist foo-foo event in New York. You couldn't ask about something else? Like, hey, how about we play a doubleheader at Shea Stadium or whatever? How about we get him? He asked about the U.S. Open. The Open. 40, love. De Blasio versus hey, De Blasio won that exchange. <laughs> Getting back to the substance of this. <laughs> this is like, I can't get over it. Like, how out of touch do you have to be? Like, this thing is raging throughout the planet. It's like a really, really, really serious thing. And he asks about the U.S. Open. Hey, bro, I got box seats for the U.S. Open. You better open up them gates for the Open, man. I got to, I don't want to miss Super Saturday. God forbid. Oh, sorry, folks. Had to wipe my eyes. I'm like, I can't get over it. But I just want to play that to show you that the Balzio is an unprincipled loser. He really doesn't care, folks. He just doesn't care. It's not about your health. What about outdoor concerts? Those are, no, we're canceling those. Outdoor protests? No, no, those are A-OK. It's an important time. Just infect yourselves away at a protest. What an idiot. This guy's not even a serious human being. I can't believe we even have to cover this loser. I just, again, want to show you what unprincipled losers these people are. And then they'll turn around and criticize Trump for a rally because they just have no principles at all. All right. (laughs) That was a longer segment than I had anticipated. All right, I got to get to the Supreme Court stuff yesterday. That was important. Before I get to that, let me get to my second sponsor. Yep, there it is. There it is. You want to hear it on the radio? There it is. Remember Shake Weight? 
No, we're not selling shake weight. This is foundation from the great, the legends at Brickhouse Nutrition. This was my first sponsor on the Dan Bongino podcast. You know how they came about? I have the blue screen of doom, by the way. The, this came about, you know, the blue screen of doom and you can't see anything. The, the, they called me, the owner of this company. You can leave that in there because it makes for a more genuine, authentic. No one wants the commercial. It sounds like a commercial. I love this stuff. Miles, who owns this company, called me about four years ago and said, I'd like to send you a product to try. I wasn't doing ads back then. You know, we were still new. He says, call Foundation. He, know what I, he knows I like to work out. I tried it. I called the dude back, I think within like 24 hours and said, this stuff is amazing. I'm not messing with you. Foundation, check it out. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go today. What is Foundation? It is a creatine ATP blend. What does it do? Ladies and gentlemen, it helps you look better. It helps you work out better, gives you more uh, more uh, capacity for work in the gym, and it helps you feel better. I swear by this stuff. I gave a bottle to my nephew once a few years ago. He was by for one of the holidays. He drove up from Fort Lauderdale. He loved this stuff so much. He had probably wasted more gas than it was just to buy the stuff himself, but it really is that good. That's not a joke, that story. It's called Foundation. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan today, pick it up. And if you don't believe me, this stuff works. Take the Dan Bongino seven-day mirror test. This is an official scientific thing. I'm just kidding. But it is, this is real. It's not a joke. Take a little mental snapshot of what you look like in the mirror. Try this stuff for seven days. Come back seven days later. Your husband or wife will be like, damn, that's some good stuff. Foundation, brickhousenutrition.com slash Dan. Paula, how legit is this stuff? It's legit. There it is. Foundation, brickhousenutrition.com slash Dan. Don't make the mistake of not using this stuff. It would be a terrible mistake. All right. Let's get back to the content of the show. I spent a lot of time in that opening segment, but it's important. I'm just not doing panic anymore, panic merchants. And uh, I certainly wouldn't ask the president if I got an interview about what are we going to do about the U.S. Open? I can't, get past, I can't get past it. I was like a bottleneck in my head. That's the question, the U.S. Open. All right, so yesterday we had some important Supreme Court rulings on President Trump's taxes. And of course, it was painted by the panic merchants in the mainstream media. Joe, big loss for President Trump. Huge, yeah. enormous loss for President Trump. President Trump is now going to have to turn over his taxes. Oh my gosh, Pelosi won again. Now, a little background on the case before I get to the Wall Street Journal article and the Red State article, which point out, was this really a loss for President Trump? Because if you read the case and are interested again in those crazy thing called facts, you'd find out that this may have been actually a pretty big win for President Trump. Little background. The House of Representatives, run by the tyrannical police state Democrats, Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi, subpoenaed President Trump's tax returns. Now, for those of you interested in how this stuff works, the House does have subpoena power. That's clear, obviously. The House of Representatives, however, is not a law enforcement agency. Again, media people, pay attention. I'll do your show prep for you now. They are not law enforcement officers. They are congressmen or senators. The House subpoena power on the House side, they can subpoena documents from people with a legitimate legislative interest. Please understand the difference. They're not law enforcement. They can't subpoena Dan Bongino's taxes because they want to investigate me for tax fraud. However, they can subpoena my taxes if there was a case, say, against the IRS where there was an IRS reform being proposed. And one of the reforms was, say, 
to reduce the targeting of conservatives by the IRS. They could ask me for my taxes if it relates to the case where they're doing a legislative reform package to reform conservative targeting by the IRS. Does that make sense? It has to have a legislative purpose, not a law enforcement one. They're not a law. Now, those can cross over, but there has to be a clear legislative purpose. This had never been lined out, but forgive me for the background, but it's important to understand how the media painted the story as a Trump loss when it was really a win. That had never been clarified clearly by the Supreme Court before. It was kind of an understood handshake deal between the presidency and the Congress, right? If we want documents from the president, we can subpoena them, but it has to be for a legitimate legislative purpose. There'll be some back and forth, but eventually there'll be a deal worked out. Everybody clear on that? It was never clearly delineated by the Supreme Court. Well, no more. Because, these, of course, the House of Representatives run by the hapless Nancy Pelosi, who keeps getting wrecked by Donald Trump at every opportunity, whether it be impeachment her collusion hoax or elsewhere, Pelosi and Schiff decided, well, let's just take this case to the Supreme Court because we're demanding Trump's taxes. And even though we have no legislative goal here whatsoever, other than to harass Donald Trump with a fake case and another hoax, we're going to get those damn taxes anyway. So what happened yesterday in the courts? It's a little complicated, but in a 7-2 majority, Chief Justice Roberts wrote the opinion. They remanded the case back to the lower courts and said, this is on, there were two cases, one about the New York taxes, which they're roughly, the contours are roughly the same, but I'm just talking about the case where Nancy Pelosi wanted Trump's tax returns. They remanded the case down to the lower courts. They didn't prevent them from getting Trump's taxes. So Joe, the media story was big win, Nancy Pelosi, Trump doesn't get the highest taxes, but that's not exactly what happened. They remanded the case back to the lower courts and said, if you want said taxes, you're now going to have to meet some conditions. Oh, oh, no, you didn't hear hear about that on on the media, did you? No, no, they avoided that because they wanted to make it out like Pelosi won when Pelosi actually got the palm to the face. Let's go to the Wall Street Journal article, which covers this quite well. Remember, it's called a supreme loser by the great Kimberly Strassel, a seriously terrific writer. Supreme loser, Pelosi's house. Pelosi's house lost it? What are you talking about? I thought we heard in the media that the Supreme Court told Trump, give us those taxes. Oh, 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 of course, you listen to the media. I'm very sorry. Uh, You heard wrong. Here's what actually happened. Let's go to the first part of this. He says, writing for the 7-2, she says, excuse me, writing for the 7-2 majority, Chief Justice John Roberts took note of the House's unrestrained behavior, explaining this dispute was the first of its kind. In other words, Joe, this had never happened before. Mm -hmm. These losers typically work it out before it reaches the Supreme Court. He says, listen, for two centuries, they've just worked it out. Of course, Pelosi and her losers didn't want to work it out. So she says, yes, the court held that Congress can continue pushing for its subpoena in the lower courts. But henceforth, Joe... All courts will be required to subject all subpoenas now to several tests. Wait, wait, wait. So just to be clear, Mm. the media said Trump got smoked yesterday. Oh, my God, it was so bad. Pelosi, big winner. Nice job. So before this Supreme Court ruling, there were no strict tests. There was a suggestion that it was due to a legislative authority, but there were no strict tests. Now, Pelosi gets remanded to a lower court. Now she has to meet four criteria she didn't have to meet before. How exactly was that a win? Please, again, I'm just asking for facts uh, for my liberal viewers and listeners out there. 
How exactly did Pelosi, she doesn't have his tax returns and now she has to go back to court to get them. And now she has to meet four criteria she didn't have to meet just before yesterday. So sounds like a big win to me for Trump. Dan, you're a Trump supporter. You're just putting lipstick on a pig here. Yep. No, I'm just telling you the facts. Prior to yesterday, Pelosi didn't have to meet criteria. She now has to go back to court to meet now. How is that a win? The brilliant Kimberly Strassel, again, from her piece. This surprised you. For starters, now lawmakers will have to show that they need the president's papers specifically to fulfill a legislative purpose. Quote from John Roberts, Congress may not rely on the president's information if other sources could reasonably provide Congress the information it needs. That's test one. They didn't have to meet yesterday, which they now have to meet today. Roberts also writes, courts must also now insist on a subpoena that is, quote, no broader than reasonably necessary to support Congress's legislative objective. Criteria number two, Pelosi will now have to meet. She did not have to meet yesterday in her big win, air quotes. The subpoenas must also provide detailed, Joe, and substantial evidence of said legislative purpose. And finally, courts must from now on specifically assess the burdens imposed on the president by the subpoena because they come from a rival political branch, which could use them for, quote, institutional advantage. Please, again, folks, please, I'm begging you to explain to me in common sense, coherent sentences Joe Biden couldn't formulate right now. How this was a win for Pelosi? None of these criteria, obstacles, existed before her lawsuit that exists now. She still doesn't have Trump's taxes. And now they have to go back to court with new obstacles they didn't have before yesterday. Um, this was her, this was the big, the, the big win for the Dems. Again, if you watch CNN and MSNBC, you were told Trump got smoked. He's not going to be able to go to the U.S. Open this year. He caught it right in the, uh, right in the caboose. <clears throat> Someone kicked him right in his backside. Knocked, he really lost. What a huge, he dropped the L. Loser. Except for the fact that none of the actual facts comport with that analysis, which is utterly absurd. Now, because that Wall Street Journal piece is behind a paywall, I included another piece in the show notes from Red State, which is fantastic. It's long. But if you really want to understand what happened yesterday, read this gem. It's really, really good by our friends, a shipwreck crew at Red State. Chief Justice Roberts gives President Trump two wins in subpoena cases for reasons not obvious at first glance. As you can see, this will be up in the show notes, this piece. I strongly encourage you to read it. The show notes are available at Bongino.com slash newsletter. From the Red State piece, read this. It's long, but it just explains exactly what I just told you. That even in the Manhattan case, any of these efforts now are going to end up in federal court with the state or local prosecutor now having to run a gauntlet of tests that the Supreme Court suggested could warrant federal intervention in order to protect the institution of the presidency. In other words, doubling down on exactly what Kim Strassel said. You didn't win anything. Now to get his tax returns, you have to go back to court and run a gauntlet of tests you didn't have to do just a week ago. Nice job, losers. And believe me, I'm not talking to the Trump team. I'm talking to the losers in the House and in the Manhattan DA's office who are now going to have to explain themselves about why they're politically targeting the president. 
Man, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not messing with you. If you're not listening to this show and some other great shows, it's not just us, Tucker, Hannity, and others out there. You are, you're just living in an alternate reality that doesn't exist, where hospitals are overrun in Texas. You're living in a reality where Nancy Pelosi got a big win in court yesterday. None of that is actually true. But you believe it. You're convinced. All right, this is big. I got this. Um, this is from that series of, moving on, by the way. This is Joe Biden. It was election kind of 2020 stuff, but it's related oh, to oh, election oh. 2016, too. This is devastating. Oh. Now, folks, we're having, I just want to be clear. We're having a really tough time completely authenticating the, this Joe Biden audio for a number of reasons, and the Biden camp is really quiet about it. But a series of audio leaks have emanated from the Ukraine. From Ukraine, sorry, it's not the Ukraine, it's Ukraine. Feminated from Ukraine. They are alleged to be conversations of former Vice President Joe Biden in 2016, while he was still in office as vice president, with the Ukrainian uh, president at the time, Poroshenko. I played some of them before. This one we got today is just devastating if this can and i feel obligated to play this for you because the biden team has been mum about this someone needs to ask this question is this real is this real? Is this doctored is this what you said I want to be clear this is from 2016 when he's still the vice president this is a recorded conversation between him and the ukrainian president and again it's about the black ledger the ukrainian president starts to joke around with him if the audio is a little tough but the Black Ledger was a fake document sent from Ukraine over to the United States, used in the media and by the FBI to target Trump's then campaign manager, Paul Manafort, who was let go after it. The Black Ledger was alleged to be a was it was a, a document indicating that Manafort was given cash payments for services in Ukraine. Ladies and gentlemen, the Black Ledger is a fake it emanated from the party of regions. That's important when you listen to this audio. It's brief. It's only about, I don't know, less than a minute. But listen to Poroshenko talk about how they slipped this document in with the party of regions that it made it to the United States and then mentioned Manafort. Ladies and gentlemen, the document was a fake. It was as authentic as the dossier. In other words, not authentic. Manafort was fired because of a fake document about fake payments. I'll prove it to you in a second. Listen to this audio first, and you should be asking this question the whole time. Did Biden know that Manafort was set up by the Ukrainians with a fake document? Check this out. And another thing, just a joke. We released the, uh, the important documents from the former region's party. <laughs> as far as I understand, one of the key advisors of, uh, of uh, Mr. Trump uh, so called Paul Manafort is resigned today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's going back to Russia. I don't know. <laughs> and I think that this was a bad idea to take the Yanukovych advisor to the Trump team. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. But there's a lot of bad decisions he's making. Yeah. All right, I'll talk to you at the beginning of the week. All right. Good, Joe. August of 2016. In the middle of a presidential campaign, the sitting vice president is joking with the Ukrainian president about a now debunked, discredited 
fake piece of evidence used to prosecute an American citizen by the FBI. And Biden thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> Manafort should go back to Russia. Press, anyone in the press interested in that at all? Just to be crystal clear, Biden is on tape discussing a piece of fake evidence used to prosecute an American citizen. That show sounds to me like collu- collusion. Collusion. I mean, again, we're just asking questions. Sitting vice president on the phone with a foreign leader in Ukraine discussing an American citizen and the opening of a case because a document was leaked from the party of regions that turned out to be fake evidence. Fake evidence. As I wrote in all caps, fake evidence. Is anyone going to ask about this? Is anyone going to authenticate it? Is it going to get Biden on the record disavowing it? Anyone? Is it not Biden? Listen, if it's not, it's not. Is anyone going to ask? The party of regions is the one that leaked that document. It was fake, just like the dossier was fake. Now, you may say, well, the FBI had no idea that that fake document Biden appears to be laughing about on the phone in August of 2016 during the heat of the presidential campaign between Trump and Hillary. Everybody knew at the time that the document, you know, was real, right? I mean, they opened an investigation. Manafort went to jail because of fake evidence. Everybody knew and thought it was real, right? Uh, not really. Let's go back to this piece in the Hill. I'll put it in the show notes. Sometimes we put some older articles. You should read this. It was when John Solomon was there before the Hill went there. It's now a disgrace. The Hill, what a joke. But when John Solomon was there and it was a serious media outlet, this article came out. FBI was warned early and often that the Manafort file might be a fake. Used it anyway. You know, the file Joe Biden's laughing about on the phone in August of 2016 with the Ukrainian president kind of sounds like collusion, Amina, from the Hill piece. So the FBI knew this was a fake too? So it's just interesting. In search warrant affidavits, the FBI portrayed the Black Ledger, in other words, folks, the fake, as one of the reasons it resurrected a criminal case against Manafort that it dropped. Wow, that's fascinating. The bank records, um, uh, they needed them for search warrants in 2017 for bank records to prove that Manafort worked for the Russian-backed Party of Regions in Ukraine. You know, Party of Regions, what Joe Biden was laughing about on the phone with, with the Ukrainian president. So there's just one problem. The FBI's public reliance on the ledger came months after the feds were warned repeatedly that the document couldn't be trusted and likely was a fake, according to more than a dozen interviews with knowledgeable sources conducted by John Solomon. For example, Ukraine's top anti-corruption prosecutor told me he warned the U.S. State Department's law enforcement liaison and FBI agents in late summer that the Ukrainian authorities who recovered the ledger believed it was likely a fraud. Oh, really? That's interesting. So the fake document Biden's laughing about in the late summer of 2016, the same late summer referenced in that Hill piece, when the FBI got word that the document was likely a fraud. Biden thinks it's just hilarious that the Ukrainian president's joking about the leaking of this document to American law enforcement and suggests that Manafort should should go back to Russia. You know what? Manafort should have gone back to Russia. You know why? He probably would have gotten a more legitimate legal uh, case to make in Russia than he did from the Obama White House. Disgusting. Now, you may say, all right, Dan, so they thought it was a fake. Sounds kind of bad. 
but maybe there was some inkling of authenticity. I mean, maybe a cooperator, right? Joe came forward and said, I want to cooperate against Manafort. I know what happened. You know, a cooperator Mm -hmm. that cooperated with the Mueller team, like Rick Gates, you mean Manafort's partner. Yeah, maybe like that guy. Surely he came forward. Remember, he was a cooperator with Mueller, just to be clear. Mm -hmm. He spilled all the beans on Manafort. He was Manafort's partner, Rick Gates. To be clear for the liberals listening, because they have a tough time with facts and stuff. Clearly, he came forward, Joe, and said, you know what, the Black Ledger, there was some authenticity to it. So it's okay, used it. It may not have been all true, but uh, is that what he said, Rick Gates? Let's go back to John Solomon's just a news piece from just a few months ago. Key witness Rick Gates told Team Mueller that Russia collusion evidence found in Ukraine was fabricated. Fascinating. Huh. Wow. Isn't that weird? It is. So the FBI knows it's a fake. The Ukrainians tell them it's a fake. The Anti-Corruption Bureau tells them it's a fake. And Mueller's cooperator against Manafort, who cooperated with him, tells them it's a fake too. And the FBI prosecuted anyway. Joe Biden appears to know that from this audio, and yet nobody's asking any questions again. No one. No, we need Trump's tax return. That's right, Trump's tax returns. How about Biden's tax returns? How about all the tapes and all the transcripts of what Biden said to the Ukrainian president as they were setting up Manafort with fake evidence they're laughing about on the phone? How, 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 about, how about that? Can we get that too? Um, again, we're just asking questions. Are we, allowed to, are we allowed to ask that? Or will I be thrown in jail too in the new police state that's been forced upon us by the Obama-Biden legacy? Oh my gosh. All right, I want to move on. I got to get to some other stuff, including this... Uh, Poor guy, CEO Goya. We love Goya in this house, by the way. We always have. I talk about it all the time. And Paula said to me this morning, actually, I said it to Paula, so I should be honest. What did I say to you, Paula? I don't care what Goya does. I'm not boycotting Goya ever. (laughs) Paula's like, me either. We love Goya. Before I get to that, let me get to my final sponsor. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at GenuCell. The GenuCell summer blowout sale is here for everyone. Right now, order the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness and the jawline treatment. And Chamonix will double your supply of both products for free. That's right. Here's what Beverly from Huntsville, Alabama had to say about GenuCell. OMG, love the product. So a difference just the second time I used it. I recommend it to everyone if they have a problem with their jawline. My daughter even told me I look younger than last week. Now it's your turn to look years, even decades younger, just like Beverly. My family loves it. Mother-in-law loves these products. They're really terrific. Results guaranteed. You simply get 100% of your money back. It's that easy. Order GenuCell now and Chamonix will double your order free for a limited time. Here's what you need to do. Go to GenuCell.com. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L and enter my special promo code DAN30 at checkout for an instant $30 off your order. We should have put up your picture, by the way. You'd see how lovely the lovely Paul looks when we were on vacation last week in the Sand Pearl. It's a good one. People would like that picture. And for results in minutes, the GenuCell immediate effects is also yours free. Get double your order free plus a surprise luxury gift. Can't beat that. All orders today are upgraded to free priority shipping. Don't wait another minute. Visit GenuCell.com. GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. You want to see that picture, go to my Instagram. It's a cool one. Me and Paula taking a break. People think I married like a 25-year-old. She's actually my age. She's only about six months younger. Although I look like 10 years older, which is really horrible. And she doesn't. She's got good genes. It's true. So yesterday, the CEO of Goya, one of the greatest companies in America, does Goya, they, they make adobo? That's Goya, right? Adobo is the single greatest seasoning product ever invented. Now, 
Paula doesn't like to hear, but before Paula, there were actually other women in my life before I met her. I had a girlfriend when she, she disavows any knowledge of this. But I had a girlfriend once when I was a young man and uh, her mother was Mexican. Her father was Italian. And the mother introduced me to adobo. And I have been addicted ever since. It's been probably, thir- it's a clinical addiction. Like I can't stop it. It's, I love this stuff so much. Am, am I messing with you? I'm, I'm not, we go through so much adobo in the house that I have to get the big container. I use the red one. I think it's con pimienta. I think it's that one. Sometimes the green one, con curcumin or comino. My Spanish is awful. I need to practice a little more. I like them both. But we go through so much, I have to buy it in bulk. So I get the restaurant pack, not the domestic pack. You know the restaurant pack? Say this is the foundation. It's like three times the size of this. And the opening is like this wide. You have to like go like this. <laughs> That's the one I, because we go to, you, you laugh. I am not messing. You've been uh, at my I, house. I, I There's adobo do. everywhere. I know. I won't even visit my mother-in-law's house unless yeah. she has adobo because I can't eat without it. Not joking. Nice. This is not a promo. They're not a sponsor at all. She, yes, she, she laughs because I put it on pasta. I put it on everything, everything. I put it on ice cream if I oh. could eat ice cream, but I can't. But sometimes <laughs> when I go out to restaurants, I'd have to put the adobo in a napkin and take it with me because I can't eat without it. So this wonderful company, I mean that, by it's the greatest product ever. I love it. She uses what, Sazon? What is that? A lot of the... So the CEO of Goya shows up at the White House yesterday. Seems like a real gentleman. And dares Joe, his name is Bob. uh, Is it Unanu? I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. Forgive me, sir. But he shows up at the White House. I'm terrible with names, even my own. Shows up at the White House and dares Joe, dares say something nice about the president. Now, keep in mind before we play this video, the CEO of Goya is not a particularly political guy. He was on Fox and Friends this morning and said, hey, I went to the Obama White House too. I did an event with Michelle Obama. We're in business. It's which is perfectly. I'm not mad at the guy because he did an event with Obama. Because we're conservatives and we have lives, unlike liberals. Liberals want to boycott Goya now, which means we should go out and buy it. By the way, buy a lot of buy adobo. You'll be addicted for life. Here's the CEO of Goya who dared to compliment President Trump yesterday. We're all truly blessed at the same time to have a leader like President Trump, who is a builder. And that's what my grandfather did. He came to this country to build, to grow, to prosper. And so we have an incredible builder and we pray. We pray for our leadership, our president, and we pray for our country that we will continue to prosper and and to grow. Oh my gosh. This is, this is clearly punishable by the guillotine to the modern left. The cancel culture wants Goya finished. You don't believe me? Here's this lunatic, Julian Castro, who I got more votes for president than he did. Uh, I did. I, I think I, I had more write-in votes than Castro, who actually ran for president cop. A uh, lunatic liberal fringe maniac who promptly tweeted out, Goya Foods has been a staple of so many Latino households for generate Like You can't say it's Latinx. It's racist. Come on, Julian. Get with the you know cancel culture left. You should definitely cancel him. He says now their CEO, Bob, uh, is praising a president who villainizes and maliciously attacks Latinos for political. I don't remember any of that, but whatever. Um, Americans should think twice about buying their products. Goya away. Now, I hope the CEO, Mr. Bob of Goya. I hope he stands strong. He did this morning on Fox and Friends and said, I'm not apologizing for anything. We're not political. We're a company that produces products. A lot of Hispanic families buy these products. 
We are not going to apologize. And I'm not going to apologize for complimenting the president. Mr. Bob, good for you. God bless you. Nobody's mad at you because you went to the Obama White House. Just quickly, you know, I remember watching one night. I used to enjoy that show, Shark Tank. I don't watch it anymore that much, but I used to. I mean, sometimes if I see it, I'll turn it on, whatever. But I saw an episode once where, um, what is it, Kevin and uh, Mr. Wonderful. Is Mr. Wonderful is Kevin. Oh, Damon. Damon and Kevin. They went to the White House with Obama when Obama was in office, and they did this thing on business. I, I'm on my life, folks. I don't remember ever going like, oh my gosh, we got to boycott Damon's companies. It's, it's so stupid. I tell you this story all the time. I, I was a Secret Service agent for Obama. You get a departure photo when you leave the president's detail. You're allowed to bring your family in. It's like two minutes, but you get a picture with the president. I took the picture. He's the president of the United States. Didn't agree with the guy. You take the picture. I don't have it in my house anywhere. And I'm not hanging it up. But I have it and I throw it out and burn it like a child. Oh my gosh, put like a pink pad on and burn it. I mean, grow up. Now, in case you think we've reached like the the, the, the the bottom of the hill of stupidity with this story, they want to boycott Goya now because he dared show up at the White House about a business event. We haven't. Paula thought this story was a joke. This is not a joke. This is not a, let me just be crystal clear. The story I'm about to put up right now is not, it's a real story. Put up the Washington Examiner. This will be in the show notes. Spread this to all your friends. By Beckett Adams, commentary guy, who can't stand me, but that's okay because this stuff is good and I'm going to use it anyway, which is the ultimate payback. You don't like, I'm using your stuff anyway. <laughs> Washington Examiner, Beckett Adams. West Vancouver, where tire treads are hate symbols. This is not a joke. This is a real story. So some background before I put the picture up and the tweet. You have the tweet, right? You, 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 there is a pride rainbow that was painted on the street in Vancouver. They found a devastating symbol of hate on this rainbow, Joe. Prepare yourself. Hmm. This is going to be traumatic, Joe. You say, what did they find on it? A burning cross? Uh, was it a... Bubba Wallace noose, what was on there? Hmm. What was on? What was on the... Did someone tweet some grotesquity, like, or excuse me, spray paint, kill, blah, 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 blah. Then it, it's worse, Joe. Worse? Like, it can't be worse. Yeah. Brace yourself. All right. Sit down, grab it, because you may fall over it in total disgust at what they found on the street over... The Pride Rainbow in Vancouver. Paula, wait, wait, wait. Folks, if you have kids in the room, this will be on the screen in about five seconds. You may want to take the kids. We will definitely be demonetized over this photo because it's totally not age appropriate. Take the kids and remove them from the room. Hit pause because this is just, this is devastating. Okay, so we'll do a countdown. On, on, we'll do a three, a countdown from three, Paula, and then put the picture up. So you have fair warning. You may want to shield one eye too. Okay, three, two, one. Oh, what? what uh. Joe, Joe, brace yourself. Brace yourself. Hold. Uh, Paula, get, the, get your cell phone. Is Joe okay? Oh. Joe's oh, a little man. older than me. He's in good shape. Are you okay? Are, <sighs> yeah. you, are you grasping your chest? Yeah. Elizabeth, I'm coming. Are you okay? Did you see it? Yeah. I know Damn. it's bad. It's Hold. bad. Joe, keep an aspirin uh. handy. 
Joe is having an angina attack. Look at him. He never, Paula never played. He's act, I'm crying right now for Joe. Damn. These are not tears of you. These are tears of fear. I'm actually, because Joe, we may lose Joe. Joe is grasping his chest in pain. His lungs are not functioning right now. Joe's blood pressure, all right, get him off this. Joe's blood pressure has dropped at least 20 points. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Folks, you may be asking if you're on audio and listening to us on the radio in our many terrestrial stations across the country. You can bring the kids back in the room now, folks. <laughs> what was so traumatic on the street that they painted the pride rainbow on? Uh, folks, it was tire marks. Tire marks on the street. On, on, the, on the tire... The, I'm not messing with you. This is a real story. They are now hunting the guy down. Here's the actual tweet from the guy who dared to drive on the road and leave a tire mark on the pride sign. West Vancouver PD. This is a real tweet. Investigators would like to speak with the driver responsible for defacing a recently installed pride crosswalk at 16th and Esquimalt Avenue. If you have information... Oh, here's the number, folks. They put it on a tweet so I can share it. Uh, if you have information, please call 604-925-7300. That's their number on their tweet. I'm just putting it out there. It's on my number. Is there a reward for tire mark guy? What is the reward? What's going to happen to tire mark guy when he goes to court? Can you imagine this trial, Joe? Sir, we have you on video on July 5th at uh, 1030 hours. We have, uh, you have me on video doing what? We have you on video driving. Driving driving where? Like off-roading in someone's back? No, no, on the street. You left the tire mark. I left the tire mark. What is, <laughs> what's he supposed to? Now, folks, just to be clear, if you dare leave a tire mark, capitalists, listen up. Joe, you're always into new business opportunities. Yeah, He's man. an entrepreneur. I don't have any more time. I got enough projects with Parler and Bongino Report. <laughs> capitalists out there, get a spray, tire mark spray remover. Don't let it remove paint because it'll take the paint and then you'll be accused of a hate crime like the Black Lives Matter people who painted over Black Lives and put like all lives. Don't remove the paint. Tire mark remover to keep in the trunk of your car. Huh. God forbid you leave a tire mark on the street, on a painted portion of the street that some leftist will tell you committed a hate crime. Spray it. You can get out of the car. Stop traffic. Hold traffic cones. Get up. Get your industrial sprayer. You throw it over. You, sp you get your brush. You brush your timer. Don't let it take the paint off the pride. You'll definitely be arrested for a hate crime. Right. Get it all on video so there's evidence so you can go to court and say, I did my best to not leave a tire mark on the crosswalk in Vancouver. This is actually, this story is not a joke. It's not the Babylon Bee. This is a real story. In case you were under any illusions that we'd reach peak stupid with the fake boycott of Mr. Bob from Goya. Peak stupid can always reach extra peak stupid with the left because you never reach peak stupid with the left. That's an actual story. Capitalists out there. Maybe I'll go into business with you. Tire mark non-paint remover. You know how many people are going to be arrested in Fifth Avenue in New York City for leaving tire marks on Black mm. Lives Matter? The new painting outside of Fifth Avenue? Oh, Don't man. drive there. I'm warning you right now. 
Avoid Fifth Avenue like the plague, like it is contaminated with the hantavirus. Go nowhere near it, because if you go anywhere near Fifth Avenue and you drive on it, God forbid you burn out or have to hit the brakes. You know, Joe, brakes, yeah. you better have anti-lock, because if you leave skid marks on that road, forget it. You better get out and clean that up, or you are definitely going to get investigated. Imagine being the NYPD guy on that case. Oh, oh, oh. oh Dave. All right. I'm running out of time. I want to get to this last story, though, because it's important. Five, six. And I do want to play the Cuomo thing. Just quick. This will be up in the show notes, but you should read it. Judge Sullivan in the Mike Flynn case continues to entirely face plant and humiliate himself. It's embarrassing. I have a story from National Review up. Uh, Judge Sullivan has been ordered now multiple times to drop the case against Mike Flynn. The judge is now petitioning for an en banc hearing at the appeals court, meaning it wasn't good enough that three judges in the appeals court told him, hey, moron, dump the case. Nobody's prosecuting it. Uh, now this fake judge, he's not a real judge. He's a fake judge. He's a judge in name only. He's a gino. A judge in name only is now going back and asking a full hearing from the whole court to try to get this case to continue. Despite the fact nobody wants this case prosecuted. The man's a joke. Uh, you want to read about it. I have it up in the show notes today. But I wanted to get to this video. I don't know, this is for uh, courtesy of the guys over at uh, Reagan Battalion, too, showing you again what fools, absolute fools, these morons are in the media. Remember the other day we played that video of Chris Cuomo? I think he's like the sixth dumbest guy in media after with Don Lemon, who's the third dumbest guy in media. There's a lot of dumb in this clip. They were on uh, CNN talking about how the crime wave in the Balzios in New York is no good. No, nah, no, nah, there's no crime wave in New York. It's all made up, folks. You're all idiots. Remember that? So... The Reagan Battalion guys put together a quickie little montage here. Here's Cuomo and Don Lemon, again, two of the top 10 dumbest guys in media, talking about the fake crime wave in New York. And then you're going to hear after that, Cuomo the very next night acknowledging the crime wave in New York he said the night before was fake. Not a joke. This is not edited. This is just cut for time. Check this out. This is hilarious. Trump's um, poll numbers go south. They kick in with a, a, a no position on the Confederate flag. Yeah. Democratic cities are in chaos right now. Is this what you want from Joe Biden? And they're going to take your country away and they're taking down the statues and crime is rising crime is as rising. they defund police. Oh, my gosh. It's so bad. And they're defunding police. It's like and the people who you saw there. For the most part, not, not them specifically, I'm talking about as a whole fall for it. The number of homicides are spiking. Look at the data. New York, Chicago, Louisville, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Denver, Miami. And the White House says it cares. That's literally the next day. Uh, <laughs> now you see why our country's in chaos. Can I just tie this back quickly to the beginning of the show? If you're not watching this show or other great programs out there, Mark Levin and others, you are living in a world a bizarro Superman land where everything's upside down. There's no crime wave in New York the next night. There's a crime wave in New York. Morons. Morons. All right, folks, thanks for another great week. We, we're setting uh, listenership and viewership records everywhere. I'm not messing with you. We are up dramatically. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for subscribing. We've added just 5,000 new subscribers on YouTube in just the last few days. We've blown past the 500,000 subscriber mark. It is free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is free on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Bongino and click that Apple Podcasts app. It comes up. It looks like that. And just click that subscribe button. And uh, you can see the ones I subscribe to. Uh, I like Econ Talk too. It's pretty cool. Check that out. The subscriptions help us move up the charts. Thanks so much. I will see you all 
on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.